0: Willkommen. This is the Bavarian Podcast Works flagship show and this time it's just going to be me Schnitzel doing this as a solo podcast because Tom Adams is too busy babysitting someone I believe and uh, Marcus you know just decided not to show up which is you know typical considering i'm doing this podcast and i would have been doing it with him and he was probably just afraid that i would contradict every statement of his and uh i need no name just wasn't available unfortunately so it's just going to have to be me and i'm sorry but you'll have to listen to me for an entire 35-40 minutes but there are some advantages to this the first being you will be able to listen to my unencumbered uninterrupted uh opinions and analyses on various topics which you may not have received in recent weeks because there's always people contradicting my statements there's always people expressing you know other viewpoints and maybe not letting me go on a monologue for a very long period of time which I may go on now and you will be able to listen to my full views on a few topics and this is a special podcast because this will also serve as our preview pod for the game against Victoria Pilsen in the Champions League So Bayern Munich, as you all know, is going to face Pilsen in the Champions League. And uh, before we go to that, let us start with the points that we will be discussing today. And the first one is Sadio Mane. Well, he played at left wing against Leverkusen in the recent game. And he did score a goal, but he was still quite lost for large periods of the game. He was definitely more involved. And I think Nagelsmann is on the right A route. He definitely should not have played Sadio Mane as an isolated striker in the past few games. And now that he's on a more wide position and that he can be more involved in the phases of play before the finishing touch, he looks more at home and probably, you know, more at being able to do something useful for the rest of the team and not just be offside and, you know, have. I mean, he did have a goal disallowed. This is very typical and uh, there was a stat that said that Sadio Mane has had around 9 or 10 goals disallowed this season so far which is crazy because if he had scored all those goals he would be on par with Erling Haaland in the Bundesliga just absolute madness like Erling Haaland I think has 14-15 goals in the Premier League and yeah Sadio Mane would have had the same number of goals in the Bundesliga had he actually scored from all those chances But uh, anyways, that is not the point. The point is that uh, Sadio Mane is not good at all as a focal point in attack, as a solo striker. He needs support and he needs partners up front. And this is exemplified by his performances for Liverpool with Mo Salah, as we've all seen. And also with Serge Gnabry at the beginning of the season. Him and Gnabry had this chemistry that they developed this partnership that we just don't see Mane have with other players. And that is probably because... Gnabry and Mane are both very similar types of players. They're wide forwards rather than absolute out-and-out wingers. Mane used to be a really good winger during some of his peak Liverpool years, but right now he thrives more as a wide forward, and that is exactly what Serge Gnabry is an expert in. Well, uh... He's an expert at being a good wide forward once every five games, but that is a topic for another time. Uh, Mane and Gnabry would have been a good partnership, but Nagelsmann chose to, you know, start Gnabry on the bench again this game. And it was an interesting decision, but it did pay dividends because Muzialla is a guaranteed starter for Bayern. Thomas Müller is in great form. Neroizane Zane is tearing up defenses so who do you bench well it's very simple you don't bench anybody Serge Gnabry warms the bench for a longer period of time and because it is a very important job you know keeping the benches warm uh he's still involved with basically helping the team out and once he gets back into his rhythm I believe he will get his chance against Pilsen to go at you know, the defence, hopefully he can start bad against them and convince Nagelsmann that he also deserves starts. Because right now, it's super difficult as a Bayern manager to decide who starts for Bayern's attack. Niroizane is undisputed. You know, he is so good right now and he can do absolutely anything. And he bamboozles his way past defences, the way he controls the ball. His one-twos with both Müller and Muziala have improved significantly. And his understanding of the game is just way beyond... You know, that of conventional ringers, which is just brilliant because it reminds me of his uh, prime... Uh, Manchester City days but he's just so much better because he's a much more well-rounded player. He's so good defensively and he's also very good at understanding the positioning of other players and Thomas Miller seems to really appreciate this fact because I noticed in the game against Leverkusen Thomas Miller drifted wide uh many times in Zani's direction because they were developing a good chemistry and Muziala was also attacking along that flank. So it looked pretty nice and uh, Sadio Mané did fashion a few chances but overall he he, I don't know, It's I'm not sure if it's like a physicality issue because he is really struggling with Bundesliga's defenders. He has always been very, very good physically, like he's been very fit. And in the Premier League, he didn't have much of an issue with that. But I think the Bundesliga might just be way too physical and this might also be something to do with Premier League tax. But yeah, then again, that's all just speculation. I just hope Sadio Mane recovers from this rut I know it sounds insane that I'm saying he's still in a rut after him scoring a a goal against Leverkusen, who themselves, by the way, are UFR Champions League, uh, you know, group stage uh, players and, sorry, a team. And uh, they are, you know, looking pretty decent after just beating Atletico 2-0 in the Champions League. But then again, uh, Sadio Mane was also quite lucky that Hedetsky wasn't exactly positioned at you know, the best point along the goal line in order to defend that goal. It was actually a well-taken goal. But aside from that, his involvement left a lot more to be desired. I believe that he still lacks that, you know, insane chemistry that the other Bayern attackers have with each other. But that may also be due to him having very few time uh, with them as opposed to the other players. So it might be a matter of just adjusting to the Bundesliga. Here's the hoping. Yeah, I mean, he's a very good pressing type of player and we have seen in Klopp's system that he can thrive in this kind of a tactical setup. And Nagelsmann's system is somewhat similar except it doesn't, you know, exactly employ the same attacking diamond formation. It is a 4-2-2-2 right now, 4 3 In this game... Uh, It looked to me like Muziala and Müller, for a change, were the ones attacking, the ones up front as focal points. And Mane and Zane took more, you know, uh, wide forward roles as winger roles. And they did really good, especially Leroy Zane, who was excellent. And that brings me to the next topic, which is Jamal Muziala. If this guy doesn't get the Copa trophy, I mean... Do I care? I honestly don't, because we know that both the Copa Trophy and the rest of the trophies, like the Ballon d'Or and the Yasin Trophy, anything that France football does is a sham, is an absolute disgrace. So it really doesn't matter to me anymore. But I just hope that he gets the Golden Boy Award next year because he really deserves it. And uh, he is just unstoppable right now. He is... The world's best under-20 player. You can fight me. There's absolutely no one better. You cannot say Pedri or Gabi because that will make me very angry. And I'm not ready to fight with Barca fans on this because you should be watching Muziela to actually understand how good he truly is. And he has been phenomenal. 7 goals, 5 assists in just 11 league games. Sorry, in 11 uh, games across all competitions this season for Muziela, which is just A crazy, crazy, crazy number of goals and assists. And his defensive performances, his XG, his XA, his key chances created, number of touches, number of key passes, number of dribbles, successful dribbles, successful pass completion. They're all off the charts. It's unbelievable. In the game against Leverkusen, Muziela had a 64% press escape percentage, which is just crazy. It's like prime messy numbers and he made 90% of his passes as in he completed 90% of his pass successfully and the crazy thing is most of these passes 93% of his passes were made in the opposition half and 90% of those were accurate just think about how staggeringly crazy that number is there's nothing this kid cannot do and the crazy thing is he is just going to get better and he's going to gain more experience, better his vision, better his other capabilities. And he will not be, you know, stalked by any defense. Kind of like the Erling Haaland of, you know, wingers. Except he doesn't need the size or the big frame or the imposing physique of Haaland. He just needs to be Jamal Muziala, just triple pass defenders, leave them in the mud. I'm sorry, Harry Maguire, that should probably have brought PTSD. And... Also, give them a tough time in general. Like his understanding, his movement, his vision is just very hard to control. So, I guess enough of Muziala propaganda and you know, glory because I can't keep talking about Muziala for the entire duration of the podcast. That would make it quite boring and one dimensional. Let's move on to the formation, the 4222 that a lot of people have been talking about recently. And, uh, Frankly speaking, I love the 4 formation and I think that the slump in results in Bayern Munich's uh, fixture list was partly due to Nagelsmann abandoning that tactical setup and going for A more conventional 4-2-3-1 which just didn't fit this crop of players because the 4-2-2 was actually fantastic the first three four games and obviously against the games against uh, Inter Milan and Barcelona the Champions League as well but uh, the games against uh, I believe Augsburg and also uh, Union Berlin it just wasn't the same setup and uh, the team left a lot to be desired even the game against Stuttgart for that matter yeah the team left a lot to be desired and uh, it just didn't look like Bayern could fashion a lot of chances and just score goals because Sadio Mane was isolated up front as I've already said numerous times in the past and Serge Gnabry as a like for like Sadio Mane substitution didn't help because it's literally filling one square uh, hole with a circular, you know, I don't know, a, a square peg in a triangle with another square peg in the same triangle. I'm sorry with all these analogies. I mean, I had another one in mind. It just, it just flew out. So this laughs too. Anyways, Sadio Mane and, uh, Asaj Gnabri are literally the same kind of player. So replacing Mane with Gnabry didn't help in those games. They probably had to play together or they both had to be benched in favor of maybe having Zane and Muziella up front, which could have been better and, or, or maybe Chuba Moting and Mati Tal, for that matter. And, after reverting back to a 4 2 against leverkusen we saw the result and this was a 4 2 to me because it, the the stat sheets the lineup sheets they all say that thomas müller started as the sole number 9 up front but that was not the case as we all know because thomas müller is never i mean has never in his career been a pure out and out number 9 he's always had a strike partner or someone to, you know help him with the services up front because Muller loves to roam around the pitch. And if you allow defenders to focus on him throughout, he cannot do his job properly. So he needs that support. And that's what he got with Jamal Muziala, with the two drifting out in different directions, creating spaces, just, you know, the interplay, they're passing the understanding of each other, uh, exemplified by Jamal Muziala's, you know, header towards, Muziala, uh, towards Thomas Muller from the back of his head without even almost having a telepathic understanding of Muller's positioning, and then Muller proceeds to pass back to Musiala, and then Musiala just scores the second goal for Bayern Munich. Yes, that sequence exemplifies what this duo can bring for Bayern Munich. And uh, yeah, Zane and Mane started as ringers, as we saw in the game. So I believe the lineup is not the issue. Nagelsmann has got that part right. He's also got the personnel part right now but I hope he continues in this vein and he doesn't play Mane or Gnabry as forwards because they are quite honestly isolated unless he plays them in tandem, in which case they are pretty good. And uh did pretty well on the right, which is surprising, but I hope he sends him back to where he rightfully belongs, which is the left wing. And there are many reasons for that. We don't have to go into all of them. I think we've discussed this numerous times in the past. It's just Leroy Zane is a player who stat pads on the left wing. He is just a world-class winger on the left wing and he is an amateur Sunday League player on the right wing barring the Leverkusen game. That's how it has been at least for Bayern in the past few months or seasons. So I would actually send Leroy Zane back to the left wing and I would start Muziel on the right. Maybe Ganabri and uh, money up front give Müller a rest. I know that y'all will be squealing and screaming and coming at me with pitchforks and knives and harpoons and whatnot. But Thomas Müller needs a rest every now and then. And we cannot let one of our most important players just run into the ground. He always plays, but we know that we have quite a lot of depth this season. So we need to test all of that depth and we also need to make good use of Matthew Tell, who is a phenomenal talent and he needs his minutes. There's a World Cup coming and Thomas Miller and other players will definitely gas themselves out running at defenses the whole time, pressing under flicks. Mad mad system. That that guy's just mad, you know, he just makes you run for 90 minutes at opposition defences, just gasses you out completely. That's the approach Flick flick likes to go all in with the press and that is bound to get all these players fatigued so might as well just try out all these options so that in the event that some of these players are unavailable for a few weeks, we have a contingency plan in place. Muziala would likely fill Müller's wide roaming role while Leroy would aim to do that from the left-hand side and in that in that setup, I would like to see Mathie Tell up front with either uh, Sadio Mane or Serge Gnabry because Mathie Tell is a proper finisher and he's a very good player. So I would like to see more of him. He is the talent that we paid 30 million euros for, which is a hell of a lot of money. So, I mean, unless you're Chelsea, Man City, PSG or Man United or one of those you know clubs that just have a lot of money to throw around and can do a lot of hit and misses like the 100 million lukaku Uh, i guess i just don't have to go into all those specifics we'll have to face inter again anyways and i hope my words don't come back to bite me but then again i mean it was he was a flop at chelsea so even if he succeeds at inter it's not like i said anything wrong it's absolutely fine i just hope that our defense would be able to stop him and i think they have what it takes i just want luka hernandez back I think I'm done ranting about the 4222. You get the idea. I'm a huge advocate of the 4222 and of Nagelsmann's formation, of Nagelsmann's tactics. He's a very good tactician. He has a lot in him. He just needs to bring it out. He just needs to be more brave with his style of play and with substitutions and with putting out players like Matthew Tell out there. You know, give them the chances. I know that Chupa Moting also would like some minutes, obviously, because he is also a striker, but then he is old compared to the other players, and uh, obviously is not a priority for Bayern Munich in terms of game time, because Matthew Tell could use those minutes to develop into a forward that we could use for the next decade, which is a huge upside. The next point that we will be talking about is Kingsley Coman, and well, there's great news on the horizon, Kingsley Coman is returning very soon from his injury spell, Oh my God, have you missed him? He is just brilliant for Bayern. He has been so good in the past few seasons and he offers something that none of the other wingers do. He's just an out-and-out winger that likes to stretch the lines and he is just so quick in tight spaces. Obviously, Muziala is too, but uh, Coman is more like, uh, I guess, a more direct player. Muziala can dribble at defenses and just dazzle them around and just, like, put them into a dizzying frenzy. But Kingsley Komor, he is so good at, like, going in and out, like, interweaving through defenses. And his one-touch football and the way he just, you know, uses his pace and acceleration to great, great use inside that box and also earns us quite a few penalties in that manner is crucial for Bayern, especially in the Champions League. And I believe that, you know... We could really use him considering Sadio Mane, Serge Gnabi, they probably need someone to replace them whenever they're not performing well, which is quite often. Obviously, uh, Sadio Mane, well, uh, he is a good, you know, calculator or a good uh, indicator of his involvement is the number of times he is offside, as Ani likes to say. If Sadio Mane is not offside enough, then that just means he hasn't been involved enough. But then again, uh, hopefully he has an uptick in performances. But in the event that they don't, Coman will be superb. He'll be massive for the team. And I think Coman just comes and takes a spot in the starting eleven because he's just that good. And I believe that he will perform more consistently than the other wingers. So who does Coman bench is the big question. It's a big question but it has a very straightforward answer in my opinion and that is just both Gnabry and Mane. They just they just won't get enough uh, or, or rather as many starts as they normally would because my preferred starting lineup would just be Müller and Muziala up front and Zane and Komar starting on the wings. Or you can interchange Zane and uh, Muziala, doesn't matter but it's just that front four. It just offers so much and I believe that Komon and Serge Gnabry, no, I'm sorry, Komon and Zane, they have a very good understanding that has developed and blossomed in recent weeks that I would love to see continue. So that would be my favorite lineup. I would love to hear your uh, favorite front fours in the comments of the article that we publish or anywhere else, you know, just give us your feedback. And obviously, I would also love to see more of Matitao because I've already told you why and finally i think this is the massive elephant in the room we get it out of the way first uh sorry last and that is the preview the victoria pilsen game yes it is coming in midweek and we will be playing them in tuesday and this will be a game that will be played earlier than the usual champions league games because well i think we are playing pilsen and i'm pretty sure that uh I don't know. It's something that UFR just does. It puts some games in earlier time slots to increase viewership or something of that sort. Anyways, it'll be interesting and it'll be good for me because I won't have to stay up for too long. I can hopefully contribute to the pod then as well because, you know, usually it's just me staying up watching the entire Bayern Munich game, especially for people from Asia and like you know, uh, I guess the Middle East, it's just super difficult to stay up so late at night just for the Champions League games that end up so late and then do post-game coverage for the game, which is just an absolute nightmare. So this time I won't have to stay up that long. Hopefully, you know, the game is exciting and I really hope that Bayern put up a really good performance against another team that likes to park the bus. Where have we seen that before? Literally every opponent against Bayern Munich, yes. Yeah. And uh, I really hope that Bayern employ the formation and the setup that they did in the first three games of the season. A basic, simple, straightforward 4 formation. And Musiala is a must against packed defences, as we've seen. And I'm not sure who I would start between Marcel Zabitza and Leon Goretzka. Zabitza is definitely the better defensive option and he has been superb this season and even the Leverkusen game he covered a lot of ground and made a lot of interceptions that were super crucial and he's just so important to the press in general but against a parked bus team like Pilsen I think yeah and Pilsen is by the way first in the Czech League as of now and they just beat Slavia Praha 3-0 in their most recent league game which is nothing to scoff at, it is a pretty amazing scoreline against a very solid team that usually does really well in European competition, especially in the Europa League. So they're not to be underestimated, Bayern has to go in all guns blazing, cannot take a single game for granted this season, needs that perfect Champions League record to continue, it would be even better if they could keep a clean sheet in that, you know, rich vein of form, because I know that it is Upamecano and Matthijs De Ligt and I don't expect as much from them as i do from luca hernandez who is unfortunately out still and he will be for a few weeks i guess but that being said they need to perform and they are doing really well and i really hope that they continue you know bagging these clean sheets especially in the champions league because it's so wonderful to see and i believe that i know this might sound weird but i think pilsen is going to be more of a challenge than inter milan Something tells me, like this is gut feeling that it might be difficult to break them down. I hope that it's the opposite and that we get the goals flowing from a very early stage and make them beg for mercy. But they are a team that loves, loves, loves to defend in packed spaces and loves to pack the box with players. And their midfield congests lanes and they just are content with the opposition having a majority of the possession and they'll just strike on the counter which is two-thirds of, you know, Champions League sides against Bayern Munich. I'm just describing almost every other side against Bayern Munich. But then this team, I don't know, they just have a lot of grit. Obviously, they lost to two teams, both uh, Inter and Barca, and they might be looking for a point to prove against Bayern Munich. And, you know, they say that cornered animals are always the, the most, you know, vicious, the most dangerous ones. So... Pilsen is a team with nothing to lose. They might really use a Europa League spot because it's, it's a really amazing feeling to be in the Europa League as a team from the Czech League. And they might really want to come at us for some points. Even a draw would be very useful for them considering Inter and Barca couldn't do it. So yeah, I think they will throw everything in the kitchen sink at the Bayern Munich midfield attack and defence. And the players need to be ready for that. This is, again, going to be a Jamal Muziala game. I really hope that he, you know, brings this form into this game as well. He has been carrying us, our entire attack, for quite some time now. And I I love to see it. And I just hope that continues because we would be unstoppable if Muziala has another superb game. And analyzing Pulsen's formation, well, they start in a 3-4-1-2 formation, which morphs into a midfield diamond. And they have a very congested sort of setup. Their formation is prone to also morphing into a 3-4-3. You know, with the attacking midfielder moving into a more striker position. But that being said, they love to strike on the counter. And sometimes they also love to take the initiative and attack opponents during Short periods, short stints. They like to pressure their opponents in well-orchestrated stretches. And uh, there's a bit of good news, though, and that is uh, Bukha, I think, or B- Busha I'm not sure how you pronounce it, one of the midfielders. He received a red card against Inter Milan and Pavel Bukha. That's how I believe it's pronounced. I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I believe he is out with a red card because... Uh, He was out with a suspension against Inter Milan for a very sloppy challenge, so you won't be seeing that midfielder. I'm not sure how that affects Pilsen's setup. I'm sorry to Pilsen fans listening to this and anyone with better knowledge of Victoria Pilsen than I do, because my knowledge of the top five leagues is usually fantastic, and uh, I would like to think that I know a lot about most of the Premier League clubs, 60% of the clubs in La Liga every Bundesliga club and uh, I guess around 30-35% of uh, Serie A and obviously also quite a few clubs in the Eredivisie yeah who cares of Ligue 1 uh, I mean Eredivisie, Eredivisie is definitely uh, a top five league yeah so moving on uh, it's yeah I just don't know a lot about Pilsen to actually talk about their tactics in depth or you know analyze the team's performances or even talk about potential threats so I just hope this is another game where you're focused where the team throws it all in to grab the win where the team takes the initiative and when Nagelsmann gets everything right because if we secure the next two games against Pilsen we have more or less qualified for the next round in the Champions League barring some incredulous results from other side's in the same stretch of games, you know, like for example, uh, Inter Milan pulling off. No, wait, it's not. Yeah, is it possible? Inter Milan pulling off a win against Barcelona and then a win against Bayern and then Barca and Pilsen? No, it's not possible. It'll have to be either Inter or Barca. Bayern have the advantage, and yes, they should be for front runners to win it all in case they grab the next two or three games so that is some good news and I hope that this vein of form continues I hope that you know all personal issues have been sorted because this team is very well stacked and I legitimately believe that Bayern Munich you know are super super strong this season despite losing Lewandowski which still hurts but I think the only teams that could actually outrightly challenge Bayern Munich and maybe even be a challenge on paper are Manchester City and PSG. Yes, that's it. Not even Real Madrid. I know that this could come back to bite me, but I am really longing to face Real Madrid. And the, the honest reason is that I just want them destroyed. I just want revenge for all those times, you know, those referees helped The team grab wins against Bayern. It was just so bitter, you know. So I just think we need payback, but then it might be a long time from now. UEFA usually doesn't seem to like this fixture as of, you know, the past three or four years, especially after the introduction of P A R, which is kind of suspicious, you know. But still, yeah, Bayern is not very likely to face Real Madrid. We would probably face, like, I don't know, PSG or a Premier League club in the round of 16. I would like to face Liverpool, honestly. But let's see, it's all up in the air. Liverpool, it's quite possible that they don't even qualify for the round of 16. That is another thing. In any way, uh, I just hope that we top the group and we are more likely to get a second place team in, you know, the round of 16 because I do not want to face Manchester City, especially after what that dude Haaland is doing there. It's just crazy. And I think that covers the preview. Not a lot more to talk about. I think I've covered the uh, Bayern squad as well. Let's see. Who do I think is going to start against Pilsen? This is interesting because I think a lot of the key players will get rested. I expect Matthew Tell to start up front. I think he should be flanked by Sadio Mane or Serge Gnabry. One of those two. I think it's going to be Mane because Mane well, he likes to show up in Champions League games, especially in crucial fixtures. Uh, I just think Nagelsmann will give him another sh- other shot to maybe increase his confidence, grab a goal or two against Pilsen, maybe stat pal So yeah, Mane and Tell. It's going to be a great, great, great chance for Tell to impress the bosses. And it's obviously his first Champions League start. It's his debut. So I hope it's a special game for him. And they should be flanked by Muziala. And Leo Zane, I'd love to see Thomas Muller rested because this is a game where they could all be rested. In fact, I would like to st- see Chupa Moting style on the wing along with Jama Muziala because I just think that, or wait, Sadio Mane starts on the wing and Chupa Moting starts up front because I think all those players deserve a rest. I believe both Muller and Muziala deserve a rest because they have been like balling out for quite a few games now. But then again, if you want to grab a goal or two and then bench them, maybe give them some rest, that also works. So Muziala starts. So yeah, all this confusion aside, Mati Tell, Sadio Mane. Muziala and Müller behind, but Müller gets rested early. Zane comes in. And the midfield, I think, is going to be Jozo Kemmich and uh, Leon Goretzka for some reason, because it's a packed team. So I'm not sure Marcel Zabitza starts. And the defense, well, I think it's going to be Mazraoui at right back because Pavar just started against Leverkusen, and Mazraoui has arguably been better than Pavar in recent weeks. And he is excellent at right back, super solid, and can provide that attacking threat. Alfonso Davies at left back, who else? And I'm sorry, Bonazar, I'm, I even forgot that you were a part of the team. Uh, at center back, we have Matthias Delict. And Upama Kano. Who else? And then again, yeah, uh, I just hope this defense keeps a clean sheet because, of course, we have Sven Ulreich in goal. Uh, I'm not even sure if I'm kidding this time because I would actually like Sven Ulreich to start and Manuel Neuer to be rested because even goalkeepers need rest and goalkeepers are super underrated. We are not grateful enough for Manuel Neuer at some times, I believe. We almost see him... As, you know, a routine fixture in our first team and we take him for granted, that shouldn't be the case. I think he deserves as much plaudits and as many, you know, uh, I guess compliments and as much appreciation and support as the other players do. So he is a star and I hope that he gets his rest time, but in the even that he doesn't, I really hope that he has a game where he doesn't have a lot to do, just can rest and you know maybe even have a banana or two at halftime. Yeah. Just for energy, just for the vibes. I don't know. Just has a very, very easy, straightforward game. And all of that would lie on Upamakano and the Ligt's shoulders. I hope they're up to the task. That should cover the preview. Uh, Yeah, you guys might be wondering what I believe the scoreline might be. I think this is going to be a game where, surprisingly, I believe Bayern keep a clean sheet. And I think this game ends 3-0 in Bayern's favour. Yeah, that is super optimistic. I just hope that they do not make me eat my words because that would be embarrassing, frankly, against Victoria Pilsen. We are supposed to win this game and we're supposed to be dominating them. So... That's all from my side. This time, I believe there's not much else to cover. Thank you for listening to me and thank you for, you know, I guess just continuing to listen for the entirety of the podcast despite the other regulars not featuring. I'm sure you obviously enjoyed my analysis because it's certainly much better than what the others could offer. (laughs) Haha. Anyways, feel free to like, share, rate, subscribe and spread the word about our podcast on any podcasting platform that you use be it spotify apple podcasts i don't even know what other podcasting platforms there are out there but just any of them just make sure to show us all your support and our articles come out regularly at bavarian football works make sure to follow our website regularly we have comprehensive full-scale excellent coverage of both bundesliga and german soccer and also uh, soccer from around the globe regularly in our website and we also have a lot of engaging opinion pieces and other articles so be sure to you know go through our articles give them a read and leave us your comments and you know your feedback in those articles as well and stay tuned for more from Bavarian Football Works we will be back with another episode very soon so until then thank you so much for listening and take care vielen dank und auf wiedersehen